Off and running, hour three now of Tiger yes, tailgating here on the campus of LSU in front of the Athletic Administration building. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here until 5 o'clock. We'll hand things off to the official LSU Sports Radio Network pregame show. And we've got Sam Spiegelman in here now Sam. from TigerDetails.com. First, though, I want to invite the Tiger Nation. It's, it's about that time. We're less than three hours away yes, sir. from kickoff. I want to hear your best trash talk from LSU to Alabama, your best <laughs> shot at Alabama fans and the Alabama Crimson Tide, 504-260-1870. David Potter at Master Control. Keep your finger on that dump button, but we are going to have some fun. You can text us as well at 870-870. Sam, you've got, a, you've got a wry smile on your face. I'm anxious to hear what they have to say. <laughs> you. Well, I can, I can tell they're going to they're gonna go after him. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> what did you say, David? There Career you go. limiting? Ah, no, nah, we're all right. We're all right. We'll, there you go. we'll keep it tame. We'll keep it tame. Sam, you anxious for this one, man? This, this is going to be good. It's been built up for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been tough because we don't have a, we didn't have a game last week, like you said, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of storylines. I mean, I heard you and you and Jimmy talking earlier. Tua versus the DBs is is the primetime matchup. Yep. But with Devin White missing for two quarters, how how do you not see? them cramming it down LSU's gut on right. defense and seeing how LSU responds. I think that that's going to be the storyline. As mu- I think we're all sick of talking about Devin White being unfairly yep. ejected for the first half of this game, which is why we're not focused on that. And it's, it's more sexy to talk about Tua being the most efficient passer in the country and Grant Delpit and Greedy and Christian Fulton mm-hmm. being three of the best DBs overall in the country. Yep. But, but the fact is that Nick Saban in these games does what he does best and he traditional football run it and play terrific defense and make Joe Burrow beat you. And that's what I expect. I expect Damian Harris and uh, Najee Harris running at Patrick Queen, probably a middle linebacker. Mm -hmm. You know, in the past seven matchups where Alabama has won, so LSU hasn't faced a quarterback quite like this, right, in Tua. But I also think that a big X factor is LSU hasn't had the luxury of having a guy like Joe Burrow whenever they've matched up against Alabama. It's always been a guy that can't really push the ball down the field. Joe Burrow gives you that element. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the reason why quarterback is the most polarizing position on this LSU football team. I mean, guys like Danny Etling have won plenty of games for LSU, and they've brought them to bowl games every year. Mm -hmm. But it always comes down to the first Saturday in November where LSU is in this tight game with Alabama, and they're trading blows. And then when LSU needs a play, their quarterback comes up and goes three and out. Joe Burrow, based on his body of work through the first eight games, has shown that he's able to make those plays in clutch moments, mm-hmm. i.e. Auburn. Um, he, can't, he, he failed to do it in Florida, even though Orgeron thinks it's a game they should have won. But I he's do. done it a few times mm-hmm. this year already where he said, I'm ready for this moment, and now he'll be really tested in the game that we all harp on after the season. With him saying that, do you think that this game is too big for him, meaning I- Joe Burrow? No, I don't think so. He's got a lot of poise in, in the way he conducts himself in, in interviews. Mm-hmm. I think I've mentioned this on the show. He kind of reminds me of Jay Cutler and the fact that he just kind of dusts stuff off his shoulders. And yep. he's, he's a football kid. He, his dad's a coach. He spends time with Coach Ensminger, Coach Orgeron. He's Coach Sullivan, even, the passing game coordinator. He doesn't seem phased by these moments. And I think that's what Coach O wants, Coach E wants, is just follow the game plan and, and you'll be fine. Don't And – his, his quote this week went viral, you know, that if, yep. you're, if you're too scared to come out of the locker room, don't play. And I think he sets a tone for the rest of that offense. And, you know, Co- Co- Richard Lawrence said a quote that stuck with me, and I ended up writing about it on Thursday, is Pete Jenkins used to say, most people, most teams lose to Alabama before the kickoff even happens. Right. It's the number one team in the country. They have the most games played at number one yep, in college football mm-hmm. history. 
if you let that intimidate you, you're never going to win. Nope. You just need to – it's it's so cliche, but just treat them as the other team on the other other side of the field, and I think that gives you the best chance to execute. And that's what Christian's dad said. Keith said, he said, it's just another game. And that's the way that you have to look at it. It's cliche when you're outside of the locker room. But when you're in the locker room, guess what? That's what the reality of it is because it doesn't matter how big or, or how great that other team is. The matter is it's just another game. And – any team can be beaten on any Saturday night as far as college football is concerned. So I think one of the real strong reasons why LSU has an opportunity to win this game is because that they've gone through a gauntlet already. They've been in the big games. They've won them. They've lost one, sadly mistaken, one that they could have won easily, in my opinion. However, they do have adversity on their side, and they still won. You know, Alabama hasn't had that. How does that factor into this game coming tonight, you know? Alabama's still just kind of smooth sailing along with no storms, no waves, no none of that stuff. So here we go. Here comes Tiger Stadium. How did that happen? I, I think it works on two levels. You could, you could definitely make the argument that Alabama's starters have never played, never needed to play past the third quarter. Yep. So when they're tested in, in a game that could be, you know, 14-10, you know, 17-13 mm-hmm. into the third, fourth quarter, well, how are they? How is how are they going to play? How are they going to execute in the fourth quarter with their backs against the wall? They have never been in that that situation yet this year. Also, having said that, they've never needed to for a reason. They're that dominant. They're good. <laughs> so you can look at it from both sides. I don't. I agree. I don't think it's too much of a factor, but I, I you know I could definitely be proved wrong, and I would understand that. Right. The other big game in the SEC going on in Lexington, Kentucky today. Uh, UK and, and, and Georgia. Georgia. Number six Georgia. Number nine Kentucky. Right now, fourteen to three at the half and. Kentucky had wanted this. The fans were saying they wanted it, and I was going, "I'm Here you not go. so sure." You get, you want to you want to tug on, you know, you want to you want to poke the bear a little bit. But uh, I think Georgia's I think Georgia's an angry football team based on what happened here in Tiger Stadium a few weeks ago. So uh, I think they're looking to get back in the picture. How about Purdue right now, looking to get another win against a top 25 team? They're at halftime, 21-17 over 16th ranked mm-hmm. Iowa. That's mm-hmm. pretty impressive for that that Purdue team and what they did to Ohio State a couple weeks back. But more importantly, if they can double down and get a win over another top-ranked opponent, they should climb into the top 25 for sure. I know that they're 4-4 uh, four and four and 3-2 three and two in the Big Ten football team, but man, I think at some point you got to acknowledge what, they, what they've done this year. Hanging out with Sam Spiegelman, TigerDetails.com, along with Herb Tyler, I'm Christian Garrick. It's Tiger Tailgating in front of the Athletic Administration Building here on the campus of LSU. This is WWL. As we do each week, Seth Dunlap sits down with NFL analyst Mike Dettelier to break down the future NFL players on the field at Tiger Stadium. There will be a lot between Alabama and LSU. Here's Seth with Mike Dettelier. Mike Dettelier's insights into the 2019 draft brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safely in the game. And Mike D comes on in now and no bigger game on the planet in college football than this one, Mike. LSU, Alabama, here we go. Yeah, no question about it. And, you know, you just look back. And, Seth, I think what jumps out at you is that over the last six years, this has been the most talent-laden rivalry game in college football. And it's not even close. It's staggering. LSU, Alabama, they've had 95 players drafted over the last six NFL drafts that have played in this game. That to me, that number is unbelievable. And here's the crazy part: LSU, Florida is second with 82, but LSU, Alabama is certainly that. Both teams tremendously gifted player-wise. A lot of the same players have been recruited by both teams, and so you know one another real well. What jumps out at me though when you break it down? 
in the last nine games between LSU and Alabama, they've had 80 players that were either first, second, or third-round picks. Why Alabama has tilted the tide, they've had 25 first-round picks. LSU has had nine. That's, to me, a big telltale sign of why Alabama has won this game. Certainly, listen, Nick is the greatest coach of all time in college football. But when you have 25 first-round picks and LSU has nine, uh, you also have a talent advantage, too. And it's not just in the past couple of years that this has happened. This looks like it's going to be the same way in the upcoming draft where Alabama <laughs> is – There's players in the top 50 or so staggering, even when compared to LSU, Mike. Yeah, uh, when you look back at it, in my top 55, LSU has two players in there. Greedy Williams at cornerback, uh, who sits at nine, and Devin White, who's at 14. But this is the list of Alabama players. Jonah Williams, their left tackle, is sitting at the seven spot. Quinnen Williams, their defensive tackle, is sitting at the eight spot. Uh, Raquan Davis, their defensive lineman, defensive end, defensive tackle, is at 12. Deontay Thompson, the free safety, is at 19. Mac Wilson, their inside linebacker, is at 29. Uh, Louisiana product, Isaiah Bugs, uh, defensive end. He's at 37. Irv Smith Jr., also young man from Louisiana. His dad played with the Saints. He's at 48. And Damian Harris, the halfback, 55. When you think about that, they're playing a team with eight players in my top 55. Wow. That, that's some major league talent. Uh, which you're staring across the field from. Yeah, it really is. This is Mike Dettelier's Insights into the 2019 Draft, brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safely in the game. And I know this is your insights into the 2019 Draft, but I'm going to cheat here a little bit because everybody's talking about Tua. Where would he be right now, Mike? He'd be my top guy. Uh, you know, he's just a sophomore, but he would be the top player available for the 2019 NFL Draft. And he would be he'd be the highest rated quarterback I have if it if he was coming out in twenty nineteen, the highest rated quarterback I've done since Peyton Manning came out of Tennessee. Wow. Uh, so I mean that that's a pretty big mouthful, but he is who he is. He's basically a left handed version of Drew Brees. He isn't the tallest guy as far as the quarterback's concerned, but the same skill set that Drew has as far as understanding where to go with the football, reading, recognizing coverages, doing it so quickly like a jet fighter pilot, he's got it. But I'll, I'll say something that Coach O told me the day after he took the job at uh, LSU. He's like, if we don't get better in the trenches, offensive, defensive line, we're not going to be able to compete against Alabama. That's where he thought that he needed to make the biggest strides because he felt Alabama was much better talent and depth-wise along the offensive and defensive lines. He's made strides in that area, and he's closed the gap. They still have an advantage, but it's funny, I think back at that December day, that he emphasized that, yeah, we need to get better at quarterback, but, boy, if we got to get much better talent and depth along our offensive and defensive lines because that's where they win a ton of games and I think that's 
what it comes down to in this football game. I think Alabama's a little bit better on, in, in the trenches, and they have the, the edge at the quarterback position. Well, LSU in this program has been preparing for this pretty much since this time last year, Mike. It's going to be fun. We've all looked forward to this moment. This is a great measuring sticks, and I know I've talked to you off the air about this a little bit. You're really looking forward to this one, too. Busy week for you, Am though. This, is, this has been a busy week for you, so you're just Yeah, yeah, you. it's been a busy it's been a busy week for me. I'm not doing as many shows as O could do, but uh, like I told him, I'm in the same area code. We uh, <laughs> we both do it there, you know. But listen, it, it's it's a great weekend. Uh, I can't think of another regular season weekend where you have one versus three, and then an undefeated Rams team going up against a one-loss Saints team. It's it's unbelievable weekend. Right here, baby. It's uh, Football Woodstock in Louisiana. Oh, yes, it is. Epicenter of the football world. Mike, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Seth. All right. This has been Mike Dettelier's Insights into the 2019 Draft, brought to you by the Sports Medicine Center of the Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safely in the game. Now back to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Show, getting you set for LSU Alabama with Herb Tyler and Christian Garrick. About two and a half hours away, Seth, from kickoff between number three LSU and number one, Alabama. The Tiger Walk getting ready to get underway here in a few moments. Yes. We're going to see if we can get Herb. He's going to go over there and do the Tiger Walk. I'm going to go do the Tiger Walk. We're going to see if we can get Charles, it live man. on Facebook. All right, well, so you can follow it, it. What's that Tiger Walk look like? I mean, what's it like for LSU-Alabama for a big game like this? I mean, really, for, for all the games, it's something special. But for something like this, you see a sea of fans on either side of you. It's all barricaded from the, the top of the hill right down into the, uh, the player locker room doorway. And, um, I mean, it's just exciting, man. Coach O is out there in the front, and he's yelling, and he's, he's just swinging his arm, throwing up his L's, um, you know, standing for LSU, of course. Um, and, uh, and the fans are just cheering and cheering and cheering, man. It's, it's electric and it's fun. It's just a precursor to what's going to happen in the stadium. Look at Missouri, 21-10 over Florida right now. That's a, pretty, that's a surprise so far. Another one, got to show some love to Tulane. They were up, uh, David, 27-3 at halftime over South Florida. Yep. Twenty-seven to three. That Go wave, baby. Bit of a shocker. Yeah, I mean, you're pulling for you're pulling for Willie Fritz. Yeah. And as we've talked about, Herb and, and, and Sam, I'll bring you into. As we've talked about here on this show in particular, even though this is the home of the LSU Tigers, yep. we want to root for All any success team. for yes. any any in-state schools. It yep. doesn't matter. I mean, you you want to see them do well because it means that LSU. I mean, Louisiana is represented well. Absolutely. From the, in the high school ranks. Speaking of Sam, what's going on recently for LSU in terms of visits or any kind of um, any kind of recruits that they have uh, currently kind of verbally committed they are on on pace for the biggest recruiting weekend of of the season right right this here weekend? right now okay um i think you have eight of the top 10 prospects in the state are all expected to be here tonight um that includes the the nation's number one defensive tackle um the state's number one running back they're both supposed to be here you obviously have all your commits coming in from all across Louisiana from out of town. That's Emory? John okay, Emory, gotcha. Ishmael Sobscher, Devontae Lee. Those are the three top uncommitted guys in the state. Okay. Um, you have all your commitments. You have a lot of guys that you are hoping to possibly press the flip button on. Can they flip Emory from Georgia? Emory, Emory decommitted last yeah, week. Yeah, he decommitted oh, he did. a couple okay. weeks ago. What? And he, he was kind of, you know, teetering on the line of coming. His mom got sick. Mm -hmm. um, and, he you know, he always makes his visits with his mom and dad. Um, and her, his mom shot me a text on the way here that he's going to go. She's, you know, she's she might be with him, she might not, but she definitely wanted John to be here tonight, and yep. it'll be his second visit in a month's here. time. He should be here. He should so be two here. visits in a month. That's 
How do you break that down? As that's obviously very positive, right? It's you know you you have to read between the lines. John is is going to say all the right things. He's a very thoughtful, respectful young man. He's not going to give away any his cards, um, but it, he's here for a reason. Alabama is also a team that's trying to enter the race for John. So is Florida, uh, so is SC, and so is Tennessee, along with LSU. Those would be the main contenders. Um, the big question with John is 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 he going to wait till December? Is he going to wait till February to make a decision? But all signs point that LSU is maybe quietly the leader in the clubhouse, and getting him back on campus two, two weekends at a four or five is certainly a good sign for the home team. I'm sorry, man. That's Rondell Mealy, man. He oh, Rondell Mealy. Yeah, yeah we just, it's fitting because we're talking about John Emery right now, and he walks up Rondell Mealy, ex-Destrahan state champion running back himself. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 we can get you in about 90 seconds. Get you, all right. <laughs> Rondell Mealy coming up after our CBS News headlines here on WWLAMFMN.com. And a really pleasant surprise, Rondell Mealy, former LSU running back here on Tiger Tailgate. And Rondell, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Can't complain, bro. Good to have you. Great atmosphere out here, LSU, oh, Alabama. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful atmosphere. A lot of people. A lot of people. Yep. So let's talk about running backs, all right, your area of kind of expertise. Nick Brissett. Oh, yeah. Edwards Elaire. Um, what, what are your impressions of those, those two guys? They're looking good, man. Uh, I was expecting just what I'm getting right now. They, they're doing running hard, doing their thing. Um, we just got to make some bigger plays, make something happen both ways, just not the running backs, receivers too. Yeah. Out of the backfield tonight, for guys like that, receptions, how big will that be against this Alabama defense? Oh, it's, it's going to be big. We got to do a little bit of everything because they're going to be trying mm -hmm. to stop one thing. We got to adjust and, and do something else. It'll do something else. Oh, yeah. So, look, I asked Charles the same question earlier, and uh, he gave me his answer. So, you know, LSU were playing number one ranked Alabama tonight, right? Uh -huh. Florida came in in 97. They were number one. If you had an opportunity to go in the locker room and talk to those players tonight, how would you approach it? How would you explain to them what they should do or what would you share with them to prepare them for the game? I would just tell them just leave it all out there. Uh, just yep. give it everything and, and, and don't make this game bigger than any other game you've been playing. Just mm -hmm. play your game. Mm -hmm. And you play your game and play as hard as you can and, and just make it happen. Yeah. I think they'll be all right by that. And that's pretty much the same answer Charles gave us. And it's something that I've been, I've been you know, trying to get across over the airwaves. Outside of the locker room, people make the game so much bigger than what they really are. But right. in the locker room, it's just another game. It's another game, man. Uh, it's just another opponent. It's Alabama, big-time game. And uh, what they always say, big-time players make big-time players in games. Yeah, so yeah, you, go. you got to make it happen. There you Rondell, go. LSU hasn't beaten Alabama in, se in the last seven attempts, okay? Right. What would a win against this program that that a lot of people feel like is an ascending program with Coach O right now? Right. What would it, what would it do uh, for, for college football and for this program? Would it finally put it over the top like, hey, LSU is back, they've arrived, they can play with Alabama, they can beat Alabama? It'll be big time. It's, it's not just <clears> with the – the, uh, the school, it'll be big with recruiting. Yeah. They see if we can beat those teams, and those kids will want to come here to beat them every year. Absolutely. And uh, it, it's, it's big for us. And uh, we can do it. And like I said, put the, do their thing, work hard, put it out there, and I think they can do it. Yeah. Rondell, when you look at Joe Burrow, the transfer quarterback, usually there's not a great track record aside from maybe Cam Newton of transfer quarterbacks coming into the SEC and having success. Joe Burrow is having success with the Tigers. When you watch him from afar – can you tell the, the players truly embrace him and, and, and want to play for him? Oh, yeah. Seems like he got so much confidence out there. He's just relaxed and just playing ball yeah. like he's at home. Like he's been know? here for three years. Yeah, no matter what the, the game or whatever the it is. No matter yeah, what it is. He's out there calm and, and throwing the ball like it's easy. It's like there's no expression changes if he's doing bad or good. He's out there balling and, and yep. doing his thing. 
as yep. a running back, I would imagine against an Alabama front that is pretty stingy against the, against the run, you still want to challenge that and say, hey, probably telling your coaches, hey, feed me the rock right. or, or hey, let's stay balanced here. Let's not get let's not get crazy and have Joe Burrow dropping back all the time. Right. You still got to try to run it no matter what. You, you got to try it. If it works or not, you got to keep banging, banging. Something's going to get through. And like I said, you mix it with the pass and the run and everything can happen. Well, you just got to be smart with it. You got to understand your opponent and you got to know when the time is right to do certain things. And then you got to know what your team is, is feeling right now, the energy that they're playing with. So that's pretty good, man. Look, I want to shift focus a little bit. Lil Rock, man. How did Lil Rock do Friday night, oh, man? Oh, man, he did good. He's still working through that ankle injury. Yeah. And he was pushing through it. He got out in the first quarter talking about his ankle. I had to go to the sideline. Hey, you're going to hurt. You got to push through it. Yeah. And he pushed the coach off, say, I'm not getting out. And he pushed through it. And he did. He had a solid game. We lost. But it was a tough game. And he, and he, he ran hard. Now, he's at Lutcher? Yes. Yeah, he's at, he's Lutcher. at Lutcher. Running back? Running back. Okay. What yeah. year? He's a senior. Senior year. He's a senior. Yeah. Where's, where's, where's he looking to go? Right now, we got, you know, most of the local schools at him right now. And uh, yeah. I think if you have a big, you know, uh, playoff, I think most schools will be looking I'm at him. I'm trying to get Jimmy, Sam, or Jared to, 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 to make sure they show my man some love, man. Rondell Mealy <laughs> Jr., number seven. And Lutcher, he's balling out there. He's got 200 touchdowns right now. <laughs> 201. There you go. <laughs> 201. Show my man some love. Give him some love, Rondell, man. Rondell, you and I were talking uh, briefly off air. You were following that Andrew Robinson situation. And yeah. how about that kid coming out? 365 hey. days, he hadn't played a game, man, and he was, goes out there and rips it. That was impressive, man. And not only that, the way he was spinning the ball, it was tight spiral was there that he was throwing. When he was on a run, sitting in the pocket, and he was even running. He did a little bit of both. Yep. He, he was tough and to he, say he was out that long. He was, uh, it was It was a little bit of Fran Tarkenton in him last night. I don't know. Man. He, he, in, in other words, he was running around all over. He, he backpedaled and back back you know he ran backwards for about 30 yards and then throws it about 40 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I heard a lot about the kid but i never seen it and me neither. i haven't seen him either you know and, and seeing it, the highlights i seen last night it was impressive yeah i got his huddle right now i just uh somebody just te- texted it over to me i'll show you guys during the break rondell mealy former lsu running back hanging out with us here on tiger tailgate yep. rondell when you look at lsu and alabama where can the tigers exploit the tide what we got to do is make plays i think passing ball I think they're not as strong as at the cornerback position. And if we open them up, throwing it around, and that, that'll open up the running game. But I, I, I think uh, my, my alumni, old Justin Jefferson from Destrain High School, yep. can make some plays for us <laughs> and uh, open it up for us. I think we can, uh, we can make some plays running the ball also. So I'm not going to um, – I would imagine you're not going to pick against LSU. So give me a score. Negative. Uh, <laughs> I think they're going to score some points, man. And, and, and I'm, right now I'm going to go with uh, LSU 28-21. That's good. I like that. I we like had, that. We had a 10-point spread Charles earlier. said 10. You say 7. I'm yeah. going to say 13, me, personally. Do you know what this place would – you know what this place – you know what this place would be like if mm-hmm. this happens tonight. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, it's going to be crazy. They rushed the man. field against Georgia. Shouldn't have done it, but they will definitely rush well, the field Well, yeah, they'll rush tonight. the field. And not only that, but you're not going to get out of here till 5 a.m. Yeah. I mean, with, with the traffic and everything else, <laughs> you're not going to get off campus till 5 a.m. Off campus? Who would want to go off campus? Well, the, the, point the is Saints here, play baby. a pretty big game tomorrow as well. So, uh, And a lot of these fans are double-dipping tonight. Uh, hey, look, I'm going to tell you right now, ain't nobody here thinking about the Saints. I can tell you that no, right now. No, that's true. Yeah. I can tell you I, that right now. They will be after this game's over. What I a weekend, Rondell. Big, big weekend, man. Yeah. I mean, and it, from, from Baton Rouge to New Orleans. It's big, bro. Can't get any bigger. <laughs> no, can't get any bigger, man. Yep. If, if you are a football fan – it's the place not, to be. Even if you're not an LSU or Saints fan, if you are a football fan yeah. living in South Louisiana right now, if this is a smorgasbord of football that you're yep. about to consume, and elite football. Implications in a national championship game in college, implications in the NFC championship game in the NFL, man, yeah. I can't wait. You going to try to catch the Saints game tomorrow? 
Oh, no doubt. Got to watch that, man. And, and He's not going Breeze, to the game. No, but Breeze going to do his thing. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I he agree. He's going to do his thing. Just hopefully the defense hold up and do their thing, and I think they're going to be all right. That's going to be another big point spread win. I'm, I guarantee you, Saints going to win by two touchdowns. All day long, baby. Wow. We coming. It's time. Okay. It's our year. This is the year of the Tiger and the year of the Saints. Rondell, how'd you like your, your your three years in Green Bay? That was um, that's a special fan base up there as well. Oh, it was it was nice. The only problem was it would have been even better if I when the injuries would have you know hampered me sure. for what I would do. You know, I could compete and 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 deal and compete and and uh, could have got a job, but my injuries held me back. That's what, the only what, thing. What, what were you dealing with up there? Man, I had all kinds of injuries. When I first got in, I blew my my ACL my first year. Then the next year, I blew my Fibula, <laughs> practicing my fibula, like third, fourth game. Now, you were a draft pick, right? Yeah, seven-round seven draft. Round. Yeah. Okay. It, was, it was tough, man. Like I said, it was just so hard just fight through the injuries just to get out there, you know? That had to be frustrating to know yeah. you have the talent right. to compete at that level. Yeah. And then because of some freak things medically, oh, yeah. you couldn't get on the field. That was it, man. Like I said, I can uh, – every year I went through three training camps and made the roster, so it, it wasn't a problem with me with the talent that I had. I just, I, I just couldn't fight through the in injury bug. Right. Rondell yeah. Mealy, former LSU running back here on Tiger Tailgating. We'll let you run, man. Thanks, and go Tigers, right? Hey, go Tigers, man. We got this. All day. Right, there he goes, Rondell Mealy. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here winding down on Tiger Tailgating. We'll lead things off or hand things off to the LSU Sports Radio Network at 5 o'clock. Going live on Facebook shortly here on Radio.com and WWLAMFM.com. All right, winding down here on Tiger Tailgating. Hanging out with the staff of TigerDetails.com, Jimmy Smith, Sam Spiegelman, and also Jarrett Roser. Go around the table here. Prediction time. LSU, Alabama. Where are you going, Sam? I got Alabama 28, LSU 24. Um, I think it is going to be a close game, and I think, you know, the emergence of Devin White in the second half is going to lift them into the second half. I just don't know. Can you keep Tua contained for a full four quarters? They were unable to do that a couple of years ago here with Jalen Hurts. So we'll see. I, th I think it will be close, but I'm I, leaning on toward Alabama. Jarrett Roser, where are you going, man? I am going the opposite direction. I, I just think I was hesitant to take LSU against Georgia, and I look at this matchup, and obviously Alabama's a little bit better than Georgia in, in a variety of ways, but I think some of those same matchups work out favorably. The LSU offensive line is a lot healthier now and more cohesive than it's been at any point to maybe protect Joe Burrow and, and help open some holes for those running backs. And I think we're going to see some some new wrinkles from that offense that they've been kind of holding on to uh, to this point. And on the other side, you heard Jimmy kind of he wants to see exactly how healthy Tua is, and I kind of have question marks about that as well. And, and think I have a lot of faith in Dave Aranda uh, that secondary to to give the front seven an opportunity to get after Tua, make him a little bit uncomfortable. And if that game's close in the fourth quarter, he hasn't had a deal with that yet this year and particularly in a setting like this so i'm going lsu 23 alabama 20. all right so we're one and one here jimmy smith tigerdetails.com break the tie man <laughs> no pressure <laughs> no pressure i'd hate to say it folks but i think I'm, I'm leaning alabama here i do think it's gonna be a really close game uh i just i don't know if lsu can score the amount of points i think will be necessary here i i think they can hold uh, alabama to 27 or 30. I don't know if they can score that much. So I'm going to go Alabama 30, LSU 27 in a really close game. Um, but I could honestly see this one going either way. All right, I'll, I'll weigh in here. Um, I think, and look, Tiger fans are going to boo and hiss me and whatever. It's fine. Um, Vegas kind of knows what they're doing with the point spread at 14 and a half. Everybody wants to jump all over that. 
This is a backdoor cover for Alabama. We talked about it earlier, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. I think that you know, LSU is going to be in this game in the fourth quarter, and they're going to be pressing a lot like Florida. And you know, Alabama has a knack for these kind of things where they're in a tight game, and then all of a sudden, when it when it when you're in the fourth quarter, they they, they kind of win it going away or win it conventionally and cover. It happens a lot for them. I think that they're going to get a, a play late, and they're going to end up covering, beating LSU by 14. Pick your score. I, I think that I have a hard time seeing LSU scoring more than 20 points in this ball game. I just do. Yeah, I, I kind of see that too. I think they will give themselves some short fields because their defense is that good, uh, allowing them to get to possibly 27. There's just no way I see them scoring 30, and I don't see how you can stop Alabama from scoring 30, regardless who you are. Yeah, they, they, they average 50, right? So yeah. that's, you almost cut that in half. Don't you guys feel like, though, for LSU to be in this game, especially in the first half, they're going to have to take some risks, Sam. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, a lot like Georgia, where they were going for it on fourth down. You saw. You saw a fake. You know, I mean, there's just right, that was against Auburn, but you get the point. They're going to have to do something to steal an extra possession or try to steal an extra possession. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. On Monday, they they open practice every Monday, but the, the bulk of the defense, the, the linebackers, the defensive backs were were out out of the media's sight, and you just wonder what what Dave Aranda is is cooking up to replace Devin White in that first half. Now I, we know, we expect Pat Queen to start. But do they do something exotic with, with Grant Delpit? They have, a, they have a plethora of DBs that are able to play and, and rotate in. And they could use those DBs and to, to stop Alabama's high-octane passing game and, and use a couple of those safeties that they have available. Todd Harris, John Battle, Ed Paris is a veteran. To maybe help in the run game, do some extra things to cause a pass rush with, with Chase on being out, as Jimmy pointed out before. And I think Dave Aranda has had two weeks to game plan for this. And he's known that Devin's not going to be available for two weeks. I think they're going to be creative on defense, especially in that first half. Greg McMahon was on Sean Payton's staff, the guy who decided to start the second half of a Super Bowl with an onside kick. Surprise onside kick. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. At home, why not? Why, I mean, I would not be surprised if Coach O dials that up. Yeah, I, I think, you, I mean, like that Georgia game, when they go for it four times in the, in the first mm -hmm. half yeah. that game in, on, on fourth down, I think you, you have to take those kind of chances when you're going against Alabama. If you want to beat Alabama – you are going to have to go above and beyond, and that's the beyond, right, uh, pulling out trick plays. But I, I think you're also going to likely see some, some trick plays from the offense. Don't be surprised if you see some halfback pass. half passes, flea flickers, things of that nature. Alabama's pretty aggressive up front. Uh, their secondaries, uh, you know, Savion Smith's known for keeping his eyes in the backfield perhaps a little too much at times. Uh, so, so I would think with that extra week to prepare, uh, guys like McMahon and, and, and Ninsminger and the Randon staff, there's probably going to be some wrinkles here that are unconventional uh, that they're hoping can, they can exploit what Alabama does. You just said uh, about that play. Who's the player that look, that's constantly looking in the backfield? Uh, Savion, Savion Smith. Smith. Savion Smith. I, you, you double move that all day long. All, you all day long. You stutter and go. Yeah, you just got to hope you can protect Burrow, you know, and, and they've been uh, better in pass protection of late. Um, I, I don't think Alabama has the quickness up front like Florida did that gave yeah. this offensive line problems. When Georgia was a little more stout, come at you downhill in your face, LSU had no problem handling that. And I think that's more of the line of this Alabama defense. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Jarrett, let's talk about the, the kicking game. There's, a, there's an obvious advantage. If there's one, LSU has it with Cole Tracy compared to Alabama's Austin Jones. So if it comes down to the right foot of cold-blooded Cole Tracy, <laughs> you like it, right? Oh, yeah. Ice cold Tracy? Absolutely. Ice cold they, Tracy. The last time LSU had success in this series, it came down to being better in the kicking game. Uh, I mean, amongst a couple other things, but obviously all those missed field goals by Alabama. 
and we've seen that in some other games uh, in, in recent history between these two teams. And I, I mean, I feel good about Cole Tracy and Coach O obviously has all year, and, and rightfully so. He's he's putting up a lot of their points, but I think they also have relied on him so much in the red zone that they're mm -hmm. going to have to cash in three for seven a little bit more frequently than they've been able to do to win this game and, and to be in a position to give Cole a chance late to, to have a game winner yeah. potentially. Coach O talked about that earlier this week is they got to be more efficient in the red zone. And that's, we were sitting here trying to lay the path out for LSU to pull off this upset, and it would be a, a, a massive upset in, in college football, is, you know, you almost have to play perfect. you gotta, you got to get a couple things to go your way, but LSU has to almost execute to perfection, and you hope that Alabama has one or two, um, you know, untimely penalties or a turnover or two that certainly impacts the game. We'll step away here, hanging out with the TigerDetail.com guys, Sam Spiegelman, Jimmy Smith, Jarrett Roser here on WWLAMFM.com. Winding down here on Tiger Tailgating, looking at some of the scores across the country right now. Georgia, 28-10 right now in the fourth quarter over Kentucky. Kentucky has another ejected player. The Bulldogs coming in at number six in the country. Kentucky at number nine, seven and one. They'll likely fall to seven and two. The Bulldogs will improve to eight and one, five and one in the SEC. Their only loss handed out by these LSU Tigers. West Virginia and Texas. 17th ranked Longhorns beaten so far at halftime. West Virginia 28 to 27. Iowa and Purdue in the third quarter. Two 26 remaining in this ball game. Are in the third quarter, I should say. Iowa coming in at number 16 in the country. They are down to Purdue, 35-23. 12 points. Once again, a potential top 25, another potential top 25 win for the Boilermakers. Drew Brees, I'm sure, is smiling as he gets ready for tomorrow's matchup against the Los Angeles Rams. His Boilermakers uh, could, re could register their second top 25 win of the season. They took down Ohio State a few weeks back. Florida and then NC State. Rough go at it for Willie Taggart, first year as the Seminoles head coach. They're taking on number 21, NC State, the Wolfpack 37, Florida State Seminoles 14. Michigan on top of Penn State, number five, number 14 matchup there. 14-0, eight minutes remaining in the third quarter in that ball game up there in Ann Arbor, and that defense for Michigan is the real deal. 14-14, Boston College and Virginia Tech, Missouri and Florida. Man, how about the Tigers once again? A different Tiger, albeit Missouri at 4-4 four four overall. 0-4 oh in the SEC could potentially get their first win in the conference on the road against number 11 Florida. They're up 21-10 to 10 right now. Herb Tyler just got back from the Tiger Walk. Herb, let's jump in here real quick before we push out of here, though. I want to thank Todd Jacobs, our on-site engineer, and also David Potter at Master Control. And, Herb, what was that Tiger Walk like, man? It was, uh, it was very difficult. Um, it was challenging. However, we didn't make it. Oh. The crowd was too thick. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> wow. It was like, it was like a, uh, a can of sardines over there, man. And Rondell immediately made a call. He said, uh, check, check, blue 89, and we turned around, baby. Audible. Here we go. All right. All right, Herb, give me a prediction real quick. Prediction tonight, baby. LSU is going to take this thing over. They're going to be number one in the country. 33 to 20, LSU, baby, by 13. 33 to 20. Woo! Go Tigers, Tiger fans rolling. Where are we at? All right, that's it for us here on Tiger Tailgate. Yes, we'll hand things off to the LSU Sports <laughs> Radio Network. Simplify, I'm out. Everybody go enjoy this epic SEC showdown in Death Valley. This is Tiger Radio, WWL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.